and welcome to another MLEX podcast. I'm Laurel Henning, a Sydney-based senior reporter with MLEX, and it's great to have your company. In today's edition of MLEX's podcast, we look at the UK Competition and Markets Authority's recent decision on Meta's ownership of video database Giphy. It was the second time the UK regulator had blocked the acquisition, which took place in 2020, and it's a decision with global consequences, as you'll hear in our discussion, with potential implications in Australia, where I've reported on the deal and subsequent fallout for the last two years. At the time of the acquisition, Meta was of course known as Facebook, so you'll hear us discuss this as the Facebook Giphy deal in places. Here to discuss it with me is MLEX senior correspondent Victoria Ibatoye, who joins me now from London and has covered every twist and turn of this regulatory spat between the CMA and Meta. So, Victoria, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this latest decision from the CMA? Yes, so late last month, uh, the CMA blocked Facebook's acquisition of Giphy. Um, so this, uh, the deal had actually been sent back to the CMA in July after the courts in the UK essentially found that the first time round, the CMA's approach had been way too favourable to third parties and it's sort of taken their concerns about confidentiality, uh, placed that ahead of the uh, Facebook and Giphy's ability to defend themselves from its findings. So, so yeah, so this sort of resulted in a complete redo of the investigation uh, or the the in-depth probe bit of it and yeah and the second time around the CMA essentially just reinforced its original position Uh, it found that the deal would limit choice for social media users uh, by reducing access to gifts and essentially reduce innovation in display advertising in the UK Um, so so the second part of that was that Essentially, the CMA found that Giphy was offering these sort of really innovative advertising services to to certain companies and brands that allowed them to promote promote their brands via gifts. And straight after Facebook acquired Giphy, that that business was was scrapped. So that was a big part of sort of what led the CMA to making that decision to prohibit the deal a second time. And what's the significance of the CMA's decision more broadly? Yeah, the decision is very significant because it was the first unwinding of a big tech deal globally. Um, And the fact that it sort of has come from the CMA shows that it's not afraid to make make that call. Um, Prior to this, there was lots of discussions and many concerns among regulators um, that they had been asleep at at the wheel when it came to big tech acquisitions notably Facebook Instagram was a big one that was sort of referenced a number of times so essentially this decision marks a step change. Yeah and in Australia I'd been reporting that the ACCC the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission had this ongoing closed door investigation into this completed deal Um, but significantly or potentially significantly we don't know for sure yet but it looks like this deal with a global sell-off probably puts an end to that investigation and any threat of court action, though the ACCC hasn't quite gone as far as to say it's completely dropped that idea at this point. So what did the decision tell us about the CMA's approach to transparency, Victoria? Yeah, so the decision essentially tells us that going forward, the CMA will have to be more transparent about its findings um, during its reviews, and particularly the evidence that it gathers from third parties. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, the CMA, the the courts here in the UK found that the CMA had been 
far too favourable to the confidentiality concerns of, of third parties and unlawfully redacted huge parts of its provisional findings without proper justification and that this actually prevented Facebook and Giphy from defending themselves adequately against its initial uh, its initial provisional review. So I think for merging parties it is a big deal because in theory it means that they should have a better idea of who is opposing their mergers from the outset um, and they should be allowed to, it should give them the opportunity to defend themselves a bit more effectively at phase two. Uh, So essentially kind of levelling a little bit um, that phase two process here in the UK. Okay, so even though the CMA sort of doubled down on its initial decision, that earlier court finding did have quite a significant part to play in sort of the process of the the second review, as it were. And then also, as you say, even though this acquisition looks like, I mean, how could it not be a huge blow to Meta? It is kind of a good thing for companies potentially in the future. For sure, yes. It's it's definitely clarified that the CMA sort of can't just redact things from its findings just as it sees fit. It has it can only remove things if it has a really strong justification for doing so. So yeah, while it didn't lead to a you know a reversal of the final decision, um, it, it has actually for companies in terms of process, it's it should be a lot better. And has this decision done anything to clarify the CMA's use of freeze orders? Yes, yes, it has. So freeze orders, or sort of what they're more formally called, it's it's very technical, and an initial enforcement order or an interim enforcement order, which sometimes comes later on in the sort of the probe, in, in the investigation process. But essentially what they are are these orders that prevent uh, merging companies from making changes to their business while the regulator, while the CMA does its work. So essentially it's an idea of like, keep your businesses as they were before everything happened so that if we find there is a problem, that the competition concerns haven't already happened. So when the horse hasn't bolted before we've sort of come to the conclusion that this, this shouldn't be happening. It was a tool that was always in the CMA's toolkit, but it didn't always use them. And over the last two years or so, it's been inc- using them freeze orders increasingly and there had been a lot of concerns about whether the CMA was using those orders effectively or or applying them far too liberally and uh, the Facebook Giphy decision essentially clarified that very early in the process uh, Facebook went to the courts here in the UK the competition appeal tribunal essentially objecting to the CMA's use of use of the freeze orders and what was actually quite significant about Facebook's appeal was that it wasn't just saying it wasn't actually saying oh we don't like the obligations you've imposed on you know Giphy or or this deal they were actually really concerned about sort of restrictions that were placed on their business parts of their business that had nothing to do with the Giphy deal because the freeze order applied very very widely it's sort of a template freeze order and then it's up to merging parties to essentially ask for certain bits of it to be relaxed so Facebook were really not happy about that. And what the CAT actually did here in the UK is side with the CMA and actually reinforce its position that it can apply these freeze orders very liberally, even if you're a Facebook and you have businesses all over the world, um, that the the order to hold uh, certain parts of your business separate and to, you know, go to the CMA if you want to make certain corporate changes, it stayed and it it was allowed. So... So yeah, it essentially the decision in, in that area sort of reinforced that 
the onus is actually on the merger merging parties to engage with the CMA if they want certain aspects of that order relaxed. But there's no sort of restriction on the CMA from imposing a blanket freeze order. It doesn't matter what size company you are or whether you have businesses elsewhere it still applies okay so we might be see a bit more interaction in the future there between companies and and regulators yes for sure yes i think i think for for companies that find themselves captured by by these sort of orders i think that the general consensus is you know engage with the cma go through the formal process um ask them to relax them if you want to avoid a fine and also you just want to avoid unnecessary delay also absolutely love that the appeals tribunal is known as the cat by the way that is fantastic <laughs> uh, so yeah. finally looking looking ahead what tone does this decision set for future uk tech reviews um so i think it kind of shows two things um first it shows that the cma is not afraid to block a big tech merger and i think it also reinforces something that we've seen for the last year two years or so and that is that the CMA is a very tough regulator and actually one to be watchful of. Um, it has the ability to completely thwart a global deal and it's not it's not afraid to do that. Um, but sort of more broadly, what it says about the UK, I think we are at a time where the government here is still trying to determine how interventionist it wants to be. Um, so I think at the moment in the UK, we're currently waiting on legislation for a digital markets unit which will in theory when hopefully it happens will be a regulator that enforces uh, some of the world's biggest tech companies and imposes a code of conduct on them and sort of ways of sort of behaving that they have to comply with and so there's definitely appetite there but you know there are concerns about the UK developing a I don't know an an anti-innovation reputation and that's a very real concern among some people in the UK government so what this deal actually means for the future course of the UK, the future course of the CMA as it relates to big tech, is still like, you know, surprisingly somewhat up in the open. It shows that the CMA definitely has the appetite to to go after these tech companies and is not afraid to. But, you know, it, it could still be sort of curtailed slightly and held back to some extent by the UK government should they decide to do that. Victoria, your reporting on this deal and the UK review has been fastidious. Thank you so much for joining me today to discuss this latest significant development. Thank you. Good to speak to you. That was MLEC's senior correspondent, Victoria Ibatoye, who joined me from London. And you can find Victoria's piece discussed in today's podcast. It's called Meta Giphy Saga Holds Lessons About UK Regulators' Merger Approach at mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X, marketinsight.com. You can click on the News Hub tab for all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. And our subscribers, of course, have access to the full portfolio of our work from MLEX reporters around the world on the Facebook Giphy deal. We'll be back next week, wherever you get your podcasts, when we'll be discussing China's semiconductor industry and the fallout from stricter export controls imposed by the US. But for now, it's up to me to bid you farewell. If you enjoyed today's podcast, why not pass it along to another like-minded competition law enthusiast? Rate and review us, it helps other people find us. Today's programme was presented by me, Laurel Henning. It was produced and edited by the one and only James Panicki and magically appeared online thanks to the kind efforts of MLEX's London-based marketing team. The podcast executive producer is Richard Thompson. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thanks for your company. I'll see you soon.
Bye for now. 